Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 17. I'm your host, Joe Coop Cooper, and making the magic happen, Mr. Doug Reamer. Dude, I can't believe I just dropped my... Dude. Dude, what? Dude. Dude, you dude. wanted that. Dude. 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 Well, you, you have a pretty good point. Dude. If you like Cigar City Radio, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe to the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Cigar City Radio. And you can email us if you have any dire questions at CigarCityRadio at gmail.com. Our guests on this episode are trombone player Billy Cottage and trumpet player Johnny Christmas members of the popular American ska punk band, and the true stars of the 1998 movie Basketball, Real Big Fish. I think I'll have myself a beer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This was one of the most fun interviews I think we've done because, I mean, this is a band that we've been listening to for ages. Since before I knew how to use my penis. (laughs) You should probably bleep that, too. (laughs) But, yeah, we really, like... Listening to Real Big Fish like instantly takes me back to late night parties, driving out to the beach, and just hanging out with with old friends. So to sit in the room with them and watch them sound check and just hang out with them for a little while was definitely something really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to uh, to pseudo make fun of Kent during it. Yeah, shout out to Kent Roberts for this one. Fair word of warning: we actually recorded this one in the green room at the Ritz, where Real Big Fish was performing that night. Um, and about halfway through the episode, the band Anti-Flag started sound checking like right behind us. So you'll probably hear some of that in the interview. We'll try to clean it up as best as we can, but it's kind of loud. It will be very loud. It I'm is sorry. Very, yeah. But yeah, this is a fun one. So grab your fedora, button up your checkered shirt, and get your skanking shoes on. Because here it is, episode 17. So, uh, 20 years playing this album, and you're playing the album, Turn the Radio Off, in its entirety this tour? Is it, that correct? It is, yeah. We're, we are celebrating with uh, a whole album show, which is not something that we've done before. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we, we did it once in Boston yeah, about 10 years ago, and nobody knew that we did it. No, nobody you, had any idea. You just did it. For the, for the hell of it. Yeah, but the crowd didn't get it. We played in front of a sold-out house, uh, and nobody posted on Facebook or anything that, oh, they played all of them, turn the radio off all the way through. But that is... Did, do you think maybe no one noticed? Nobody noticed. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and that was our fault for not saying... You, you know, you have to spoon-feed some of these things. You have to go... And, and you have to create hype around it. You have to yeah. go, oh, yeah, we're playing Turn the Radio Off all the way through. It's not something that we do, and uh, you got to get people excited. We can't expect them to all know all of the songs all the time. It's okay. Sure, sure. But, I mean, that was the most popular record, so you'd think that would be the one they would know. You you would think, yeah. yeah. Well, but every, everybody knows certain songs off it, and they may not know all of the songs off of that record. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of older 
ska fans that are coming out to to hear this record again or is there a resurgence of young children getting into third wave ska it's kind of both (laughs) like it always is it's Mm. we we always have a lot of young kids and a lot of old people (laughs) for lack of better for lack of better better words and and now you're getting parents bringing their young kids yeah yeah which which is really really awesome uh i have a theory that uh our band uh, it definitely resonates with you at a certain time within your life, from the time that you turned into a teenager to the time that you graduate college. Sure. And uh, it's when you really want to have fun. And then once you get outside into the real world and you life hits you with all the problems and you go through divorce and all this stuff, you want to cut your arm off and listen to serious music <laughs> and get really angry. Uh, and then eventually go, I just want to have fun at a show. I want to <laughs> listen to fun music. And then they come right back around. This, yeah. this is my theory. It's a pretty good theory. No, yeah. that is a good theory. And, and then they bring their kids. Yeah. And that's pretty right on. I feel like everybody that I know listened to Real Big Fish in high school, you know, <laughs> like in high school and college. And like they were the soundtrack to a lot of parties, you know, you guys. And they just think they don't like it anymore. Like the, the, the group of people who are maybe in their minds beyond real big fish because oh those that was my you know my high school goofiness i mean i feel like there's still a lot of things that happen where not only are our songs relevant but you can go to a lot of shows but they aren't quite like ours you know what i mean and i think a lot of people find that even if they think that they don't like our band anymore then they come out to see a show that maybe they like our band still yeah and they just I- kind of have like a thing to be- Oh, Real Big Fish, you know, that was, I remember that band when I was like 12. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I saw them yeah. in basketball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that movie has done more for our career, I think, than anything really? else. Uh, so many people get turned on to us from that movie because it turned into a cult classic. It's something yeah. that, that's on uh, yeah. cable television, direct TV every day, yeah, yeah. just about. And Matt Stone and Trey Parker rule the world. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's... Well, back then, they definitely ruled the world. I, I mean, think they rule when... the world back now more well, than back sure. then. Like, that, that shit was before... I mean, with South Park, I don't even think, think South Park was even out yet. South Park. Uh, it, it was. Yeah, I think that was, like, it kind was of at the peak of South Park. Yeah. Yeah, but then... But as, obviously, now they got, you know, the musicals, and they've made other movies, Team America, and all that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. And South Park is like, and it's a thousandth season. <laughs> right. And getting better and somehow. getting better. Every year. I don't that, get it. There's n- definitely no shortage of things to make fun of. Yeah. Somewhere halfway between when they started having like original script and then just going to like parody of the real world. I think that's yeah. what really gave them a forever career with that cartoon because. Yeah, there's always something. To yeah, make exactly. The scripts yeah. can get old and shitty, but. You make fun of real life. People love that. Yeah. And there's plenty to make fun of these days. And I think that's what's cool about seeing a band like Real Big Fish still out on the road and playing music that's fun and, you know, for the most part positive, I would say. Although, I guess you had some angry albums in the past. The, uh... Uh, yeah, but they are tinged with irony <laughs> right, and humor. Right. So There's uh, definitely some negativity, too. But sure. it's essential. Can't run away from the negativity. You gotta yeah. embrace it. Yeah, I, I think that's the great thing about our band is that... Uh, it's uh, you may have negative things that happen in your life, but through Real Big Fish, you can laugh at yourself and what's going on. I think when you take yourself sincerely but not seriously, you live a better life. I think uh, most of the problems in the world are caused by people that take themselves seriously. Yeah. Uh, there's some implied fear uh, in the term serious. Yeah, I'm serious. And Real Big Fish is not a band that I would say takes themselves 
too seriously. We are, <laughs> are very sincere, and we are all dedicated to our craft. Uh, we love being musicians and entertainers, yeah. and we take that really sincerely. <laughs> a lot of times you see a band, and you got drums, and you got bass and guitar, you know, but to have the horn section and everything all kind of intertwined together and we're talking to the horn section here so. billy and i like having jobs <laughs> the important part of the horn section <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly but people see that in the live show like i mean i guess just having a horn instrument allows you a little more freedom of movement you know you're not plugged in necessarily to uh oh yeah, yeah. sure and uh it, you know it's not something that everybody sees even though that uh you know horns are ubiquitous throughout the world uh, some people have never seen a trombone or seen a trumpet, which is bizarre to me. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know which is which. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can watch me play a show and then be like, oh, my God, you're the best trumpet player I ever met. <laughs> it's like, man. Oh, oh. insult Billy. Oh. <laughs> it's not even an insult. It's just like common. I mean, maybe it's just for me because I'm a musician and mm-hmm. I know what a trumpet is, but I mean. Now, did you pick up these instruments like playing in band, like yeah. in high school? Okay, yeah. it wasn't. You didn't decide suddenly. I'm just gonna pick it up for the ska. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't start playing ska music until I was in college. Oh. I wasn't a ska. I wasn't a fan of ska growing up. I never went to any concerts. First time I ever met or saw Real Big Fish was when I was in a band opening for them, oh. which I didn't even know was a band until I got in it a month beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. But I think that kind of had a I, it was it was good for me to not be a Scott fan coming into Real Big Fish because I was able to be like a kind of like everybody else with their relationship with Aaron. Like I was able to be like a normal person. I wasn't he wasn't this you know messiah of you know punk rock and ska music that a lot of people view. Even like my friends will come backstage. Oh, this is Aaron. I'll be like, <gasps> and all of a sudden it'll just be like ghost face and like start shaking or something. And and I never really viewed him that way. And I think that helped me in the long run. Yeah. With my longevity of being able to just be here, because sure. yeah. <laughs> the band's gone through quite a bit of quite a number of lineup changes over the years. Is Definitely. there is that just the rigors of being on the road and yeah, constantly yeah. touring? This, this life is not cut out for everybody. And yeah. when you start a band when you're 16 years old, eventually a lot of the people find out. Oh yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be gone from my family. I don't enjoy being out on the road. Uh, and everybody that's in the band now, I think loves to be here and uh, loves the band and we're all here for the greater good of the band yeah. uh, but this life can drive some people crazy and it definitely has in Real Big Fish we've we've had guys that had to send home nope you got you gotta go you, you oh, can't man. be out here anymore you're self-destructing it's a bummer but uh, you need to go home and get healthy uh, you know because out here you can do whatever you want yeah, within reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, well, it's you not can like, pretty much do whatever you want. It's not like we make millions of dollars, so we have mountains of cocaine in the back, in the back room. This we are not Motley Crue, right? Uh, uh, as much as we would love to be, that that would be. I don't, even, I don't yeah. think I would want to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't no, seem like that's the kind of vibe you're going for. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to have the mountains of cocaine. I just want to have the bigger bank account. You, yeah, so, right, right. So I, I want the not, millions of dollars. All right, all right. So all right. I cannot worry about having to pay my mortgage in December and going. Oh, where's the money come from? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but that's the rough part of this life now, especially now, is because back in the day, it's like, you know, you would get some money from the record sales and everything. But now it's like you really have to stay on the road yeah. to make a living. And something that boosted all those band sales, any classic rock band up until 
when MP3s came out is the change of format. So it, when everybody had uh, LPs and then uh, eight tracks. Oh, I need to buy my whole collection. I have to buy all my Stones records again mm -hmm. sure. in eight track. And then cassette tapes came out. Oh, I need to have a cassette tape in my car of my Stones record that that I can hear <laughs> yeah. again. And they all get individual. Per That's why all those bands are all a hoax. You know, they're not even yeah. that popular. Right. right. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone just had to buy. You know, <laughs> Hard Day's Night on you know yeah, five but, different things before yeah. you can download it. Yeah, That's right. the only reason they got all those record sales. Yeah. Uh, but now nobody's buying it. Now they're just streaming everything. So. Yeah, no one's yeah, buying it. The world has changed. It, uh, vinyl. The vinyl is the only thing people are buying now. Yeah. Like actively buying. You can make a lot of money selling vinyl on the road for sure. Yeah. Do you see a lot of people picking up vinyl at the shows? Mm hmm. Yeah, we can't keep. We just got finally after. Because we have, as have, most people with a major label in a time of their life and not the right wording in their contract, we, didn't, we don't own a lot of uh, Real Big Fish music. And yeah, which sucks. We don't so, turn the radio off. Yeah, exactly. But we finally got someone or somebody paid somebody, and we finally just got turn the radio off vinyls Sweet. to sell here, which is great. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, we, we Aaron's would, music. Yeah. We would like to continue to do this. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed, too, on the streaming side for, for Real Big Fish specifically is that you you know since you have a lot of like christmas covers and songs like that it's like every now and then like ev around christmas time you'll see the numbers go up for like you know the scholiday album and stuff yeah, you know it's a good album yeah i know it is it is and i mean i think that works when you have a uh, seasonal music like that it's like i don't know how many people were buying a christmas a real big fish christmas album a few years ago but now they'll listen to it a bunch yeah, you know. that that's the one or, or one of the benefits of of streaming music of things like Pandora and Spotify uh, is that you get exposed to different music now that you normally wouldn't get exposed to. That the only way that I was getting exposed to new music was by like Billy recommending something. Go, oh yeah, I have this. Uh, oh yeah, you should check this out. Yeah, like like I just mm -hmm. got my first Darkness record in uh like two weeks ago okay and, and so i'm i'm rocking out to that now I'm like, oh yeah I, I do i do like some yeah. of this now you're believing in a thing called love exactly <laughs> exactly and uh so now with things like like pandora okay i have a darkness yeah. station oh yeah that's kind of the catch-22 about the whole thing is so there's way less money involved right and no one's making it's kind of i don't say so aaron like our singer his his mind oh our Catalog is all done, right? He's all, you know, whatever. But because nobody wants new music because no one's buying new music. But in kind of my theory on 2017 music streaming is that if anything, more people are listening to your new music now more than ever. Maybe you're not seeing cash. Maybe you're not going to get your physical, oh, you know, you sold this many records, this amount of dollars. But if you, if, oh, Real Big Fish has a new album out, every single person within a second could click the Real Big Fish album to have it streamed to anywhere they want and listen to it instantly, which is my advocate, you know, my advocacy for new music and why, you know, bands should always be pushing new music, especially in the digital age, because it's not mostly about, you know, that the actual payment coming for it or the actual, you know, how many units you're going to sell, but you, it, it could, that's the brilliant thing about now is everybody can listen to it instantly. Like yeah, I can yeah. release a record right now and, Anyone, anyone, anywhere can listen to it, and that's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, we manage bands, and what we've found, too, is that the bands that 
Like, as, as the listeners increase on Spotify and Apple Music, we see more people attending the shows, more people buying the merch, and more people just, like, physically becoming fans of the band. But it's because they've just been streaming this song or two songs or whatever on their playlist every single day. And yeah. Then, yeah. And th- that's also another reason that you don't have to release a full album. You can release an, an EP or just a song. Sure. Yeah, let's the, listen. Jake's got an EP coming out right yeah, now. The world, yeah. Five the, songs. The world has changed, and it's, you, either, you either adapt or you die. And, uh, yeah, I would love to record new music. Uh, and part of it is because we're artists, and, uh, you know, what we do is create some type of art. And that's an important thing to not let the experience stagnate. Uh, for all of us, so we have some new stuff to work on, new stuff to play, and and just to create new stuff for the fans because yeah. I, I know they'd like to hear it. And I think what changes too is the way the music is put together. Like I'm sure when Turn the Radio came off, it probably had a budget of I don't know, like 150k, something like that, I, in marketing and it was probably promotion. something nice like that. I yeah. think they spent over two hundred fifty thousand dollars on yeah. that record, which is it's a different world it is but now i mean you can't if you spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a record unless you're beyonce you're not going to make that money back you know yeah 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 definitely spend that much money on a record beyonce better be on it yeah (laughs) she better come to your house it blows my mind when i listen to that record yeah i'm a real big fish bash it blows my mind when i listen to that record and someone tells me it costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars to make that record it blows my mind (laughs) absolutely on the floor like okay yeah. Yeah. Where the where? Yeah. Well, where marketing? Man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I guess that's a good point. I never yeah. thought about. It. I always think when I hear two hundred fifty thousand dollars to make the record, like to make the record. Yeah, like you know, they had like, to pay and rent the studio. This time. is a, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. the studio. We're gonna go record this record. Here's two hundred fifty k. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. Well, some, right. No, I'm sure the studio a lot was other probably good expensive costs. too. Yeah. The then, studio but. and the producer and everybody was there, and it took Management. a really long time yeah. to record because the guys were really young. Yeah. And so it just winds up stretching out longer and longer and longer because it's hard to get performances out of it uh, that you can be proud of. And fortunately, now the the way that we are, we're all uh, we're all good at our craft. You know that that that's the thing about aging is that if you do it right, you're getting better as you get older. And uh, I would like to think that I'm the best trumpet player that I've ever been. Now that I'm 41, not when I was. 18 years old and I think that that's definitely definitely right so you can record a lot faster and the technology is different and uh, man it's crazy. and you weren't in the band then and so, I was in the, band so then, the trumpet yeah. solos don't sound like Johnny Christmas <laughs> how did you get the name Johnny Christmas so when I came into the band uh, in 2004 the the band almost broke up uh, because after, you came into the band because I yeah yeah it was all my <laughs> you fault you did it uh, it was uh, right after Cheer Up, and Aaron thought that that record was going to flop. And he thought that there, there was so much uh, tension within the band with everybody not getting along and recording that record. He thought that uh, it, Real Big Fish wasn't going to continue. So he started another band called The Forces of Evil uh, to record these ska songs that he wanted to record which everybody didn't want to do on uh, Cheer Up because they, they made a more pop record on Cheer Up. And uh, so Tyler Jones, the trumpet player before me, uh, or e- even before Tyler Jones, Tavis, uh, you know, Tavis and Aaron got into a fight and Aaron and uh, Aaron smacked Tavis in the face and he's all, okay, I'm done. 
uh, and the, I, there's a much longer story uh, to it than that. But, you know, it's going back to the not everybody's suited for this life. You know, uh, Tavis didn't want to be out here anymore. He was self-destructing. And uh, uh, then Tyler Jones came out, and he lasted for about a year and a half before he did the same thing, started self-destructing, and uh, was no longer happy and was no longer livable on the bus. He was going around and, and pushing everybody's buttons and, and being on all the time. And you can't do that and live with people. Well, when there's, you know, what, five guys, six guys in a, in a, on a bus? Nine, usually. Nine. Nine. You know, yeah. Six band, three crew. Yeah, yeah. right. Man. Yeah, you can't live like that. You can't always be on 10. You need to <laughs> give people some space. Yeah, you can't, you can't be at 11. And yeah. so I came in after, uh, after Tyler Jones, and this has always been what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel, travel the world, play great music, and, and play trumpet. Uh, how lucky it is uh, for me to get to play trumpet for a living. Uh, and uh, so when I came in, uh, my personality is usually pretty good, and so it was a little bit of a breath of fresh air for everybody. And so they started to re- referring, like, n- me being around was like like Christmas. And so <laughs> then I, they started calling me Johnny Christmas. Oh, so it's just because you're such a sweet guy. Yeah, sweet, yes. <laughs> Tinged with anger. <laughs> I've literally never seen him angry. Even if he is angry, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, he could be angry now. I don't know. <laughs> don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm just happy that I get to be in the band with him. Sure. <laughs> now, no offense to the other guys. But, but Billy, how come you don't have a cool nickname? I mean, we got Johnny Christmas. We got Saxel Rose. No, it's a good point. Fair point. Uh, Why doesn't the whole band have nicknames? I feel like as a as a creator of nicknames, I've created a fair amount of nicknames in my life, mostly just by calling people names that aren't them. Right. Um, <laughs> hey, Utes. Yeah. Utes. Yeah. Hey, Ed's girlfriend's calling Derek Harvey now, so. Uh, uh, Harvey Wallbanger? I don't know. Nobody's ever given me one. You don't Man. make your own nickname. No, that's no. true. That's, that's true. De- definitely a faux pas. Yeah. And, like, typically because my last name's Cottage, if anyone's trying to say something about my name, they're always trying to make a joke about, like, cheese or a house. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's not going to stick because no. that's just, like, too vanilla. It's, it's too lazy. And, and, and it's not funny. And it's not funny at all. Right. It's with a K. Yeah, there's nothing funny about cottage cheese. No. Oh, yeah. cottage. Uh, cottage cheese. Uh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's with a K, though. But even, either way, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. No one's given me one. I feel like I've definitely had to. I've I've definitely earned like you know. There's definitely I've definitely done enough dumb shit to yeah. get a nickname. Well, I'm sure there's gonna be some real big fish fans listening to this. So I don't know, tweet us your potential Billy Cottage nicknames. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe next door. I'm it'll, in. It'll be the Billy Cottage. Yeah, nickname. I'm welcome.ing Yeah, you're open to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll definitely like rep it. You know. Yeah. So we actually had a listener question to where they wanted to ask. They wanted me to ask you about. The the name third wave ska and if, oh if, and how you feel about being labeled that and what exactly does it mean and is there a, a, such a thing as fourth wave ska is that real or well, is it over? Well, you, you, you want me to start? <laughs> so there? it's a long question. Well, yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where do you want me to start? Wherever you want. Uh, well, we are fortunate to have a career no matter what, uh, and, and I'm lucky to be part of any wave, any any movement uh, that helps the, the band prolong. And uh, so making it in, in the music industry and having a career as a band, it's like getting struck by lightning. 
you can you can be the best band in the world and have the best songs and you can go nowhere it's not based on talent it's not based on on uh, <coughs> it's not based on looks it's not based on songs even though that having those things is going to most likely improve uh your likelihood of success but there are plenty of bands out there that made it big with terrible songs absolutely yes <laughs> yeah. exactly see so talent it, it doesn't matter uh so uh scott started out in jamaica it was jamaican music that you know the in Jamaica, they were getting songs. They were getting radio stations from the United States and taking those songs and then infusing them with these island rhythms. And uh, you know, like Bob Marley and the Whalers, they were a ska band. Uh, they invented reggae, but they started out as a ska band. And uh, uh, Lee Scratch Perry would would always say, uh, 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 "Ska music is for beer drinking and dancing." <laughs> which, which I, I think is, is really accurate. It, it fits. It, it fits. It, yeah. it, it definitely fits. And so then after, um, after the 50s and the 60s, and Ska went over to England. And Billy can take over. Well, you should keep going. You should, you should keep. Well, you, I feel like you're giving a history of Ska right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I was going to. So for me, so like that, and then maybe so in England where you have like your two tone and bands like that, I guess is considered second wave, right? And then third wave, you know, Scott Punk, Real Big Fish, no doubt, no doubt, things like that, Sublime. Yeah, Less Than Jake, the boss. For me, I like so now it's now that we're out of the '90s being popular, Scott. I because I had a hard time when I first started listening to Scott because I like to play. reggae and traditional ska and jamaican ska right and to me that was always considered first wave ska so i was like oh i made this band and this is my first wave ska band but then i have somebody be like no 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 no. how are you in the first wave how are you making first wave ska band it's 2010 i'm like well no we play that music so it's for me it's always been about the genre you play um but people say i'm wrong about it you know so you know because everyone can't be part of the wave you know if if I'm playing classic Jamaican ska in the year 2017, does that make me fourth wave ska just because I'm playing ska still in 2017? Or does that make me playing first wave ska in 2017? So I, I've i always gone back and I don't even know, to be honest with you. This is, this is getting deep. It's just how it's always – because I've it's, – it's like the Slackers and Real Big Fish. Compare those two bands, right? Two of their biggest records come out in this – 1997, 1998, that time frame. And the bands couldn't be more different. And those records couldn't be more different. And I don't think it's... You know, but the, And then the Slackers, do you consider the Slackers a third-wave ska band? I don't. I don't think they consider themselves a third-wave ska band. But I think you could because if you release your big record on you know Hellcat in 1997, 1998, how the hell does that not make you a third-wave ska band? But I think third-wave ska's got that overwhelmingly Scott Punk vibe to it. You know, it's got to have that distorted guitar, you know. And but maybe the, it the doesn't. loud drums that we're hearing right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. So I don't... That's a tough question because that's a problem with Scott and I think that's a problem with why the genre was only popular for so long is because people tried to classify it so much. You know what I mean? Like, it's the reason why certain bands won't play with us. <clears throat> because oh, I don't want to play with Real Big Fish. I don't want to play with that third wave, man, 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 you know. <laughs> But in reality, they're not part of the first wave. Like if they're playing more classic music, so. Yeah. So really, is it is it like maybe just the name the naming convention is the problem? Like yeah. If they uh, would have called it, you know, 
British ska versus, or, you know. Well, that's the thing. People talk about the interrupters now, and they're like, are the interrupters the fourth wave of ska? It's like, well, first of all, none, no one ever stopped playing ska. I mean, some bands fell off the earth, but it's not like ska died and now it's coming back. It's like, it's not a resurgence. Bands never stop playing. Second of all, they're playing two tone music. Every single one of their songs, not every single one, but 87% of their songs, they're playing a two tone, you know, specials beat every time. So is it a fourth wave of Scott? I don't think so. I mean, I think they're just playing ska music in 2017. It sounds just like it sounded like in England in 1980. You know, how how are you going to say it's a fourth wave of Scott? They don't have a hit on the radio. Scott's just as mediocrely popular as it has been for the past 15 years. Yeah, it's always just mildly popular. Yeah, you know, like 1,000 to 1,500 people are coming to your shows every night. You know, or our shows. I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's... The same with this, you know, that's the thing about the fourth wave bands is I don't, like Street Wave, Streetlight Manifesto to me, I always considered a fourth wave of ska because it, like I said earlier, you know, the first wave was like the Jamaican, the second wave was the two-tone, the third wave was the ska punk. Streetlight to me is, is more, isn't like anybody else, right? They're not like real big fish. They're, it's its own genre. Yeah, they you bring know a little I mean? more jazz and so, stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it jazz, <laughs> but you know, it's more like hell-raising, anarchist, like lots of wild horn parts and shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like, so for them to not be fourth wave and the interrupters to be fourth wave, when I thought Streetlight was doing something like extremely original, where the interrupters, even though they're one of my favorite bands on the planet, you know, it's not they're not rewriting the wheel. You know what I mean? It's a re-cutting the, the wheel. wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's you know it's it's classic music. They're playing classic music, yeah. so that's how I feel about fourth wave. I always considered Streetlight more of fourth wave mm-hmm. than just the that bands are playing because there's been bands playing ska forever. Yeah, so it's all just ska. It's the, it's the, it is all just ska, but it would take a, another band having a radio hit that would would always create this designation, even though how big Streetlight was and, and still is. Uh, they never had a radio hit, so you you never turn into magic in people's eyes. There's something that 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 changes when you're on the radio, and then then you turn into magic. Then you turn into larger than life, and it's going to take a band like the Interrupters, maybe the one to do it, to have a radio hit. Then everybody goes. Oh, and, and then everybody's riding on on right. that same thing. Well, because then, then you get the record labels that are like, "Oh, this is what people like. Yeah, Let's exactly. get more of that." It, you know, it creates a, it creates its own scene. Yeah. that way. Well, so uh, we're pretty much ready to wrap up, but oh, you got a piece of city. By all means, no, 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 no. Get up! I got, I got to talk. Oh, he's got to talk. Uh oh. So. He's so, got questions. One of my best friends from high school has been a real big fish fan as long as I've known him. He's always like gone on and on about it. So I told him I'd try to get you guys to say fuck Kent Roberts, and it actually hurt his feelings because we're very abrasive to each other. <laughs> uh, and he said, whatever, their music sucks anyway. sucks all five times I've driven more than four hours to see them. He's kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it seems like he's got a problem. He's just still driving four hours. Yeah. Anything you guys have to say to someone that drives that much to see you guys every time you're like anywhere remotely near him? Oh, we love you. Yeah. Uh, keep doing it. Uh, it. Thank you for letting us into your life. 
that's the biggest compliment you can have from a fan is that you've helped them in some way with their life. Uh, we, we play this beer fest in Arizona, in Chandler, Arizona. And uh, the backstage was up against this uh, uh, car park, uh, parking structure. Car park. <laughs> and, and I'm putting my horn away. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, yeah. Johnny from UK. Yeah, Johnny from UK. <laughs> Johnny from UK. Oh, that was terrible. And, uh, and so I put my horn away, and there, there's these fans over there. And this girl, girl is sh- woman. She's, she's a woman. She's probably in her 30s. She's shaking, shaking. I go, are you okay? Are you okay? She's all, uh, I'm so happy to meet you. I was in the Army, and I was stationed in Afghanistan, and your music helped me get through that period of my life. So I was and ran around the parking structure and found her and gave her this huge hug. Uh, how lucky are we that we have an influence on people's lives like that? You know, we've had people come up to just go, this record or this song saved my life. Oh, I have no more, n- no more need of confirmation that what I do with my life is the right thing than someone come up and tell me that or, or, or this lovely woman that was in the army uh, come up and tell me that. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I mean, uh, it, it, this is really, really special, and we definitely don't take it for granted. Cool. I appreciate that, guys. Just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Wow, Jason, getting on the mic. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the voice. Yeah, he, he just does. wanted to wanted have to that resonant voice. His voice, yeah. <laughs> so, final question, final thing. What's next for Real Big Fish? Very gently uh, that we should... We have to record, record soon. I mean, I've been saying that since like for a couple of years now, but yeah. I don't know. Because what, Candy Coated Fury came out in 2012? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. 2012. Yeah. Relevance, even, I don't know, you need to give people an excuse to book you. Yeah. Music festivals, all these things, and I don't know. Nostalgia isn't enough. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> it because I'm just going to say bad things. So <laughs> I just love, I don't know, I think... I think Real Big Fish right now is the best that the band has ever been musically. For sure. Um, I think the musicians in the band right now are beyond what the band has ever been. I think everybody likes each other more than everybody's liked each other. And literally all that put together equals a really good album. And even the Christmas song, like that's more of a more recent uh, album with people. And Candy Go to Fear, I think those, those the most two recent releases in my opinion, are by far the best sounding Real Big Fish releases. Better sounding than any major label, you know, six-figure budget, anything made. And I just think with as much as we play, we might as well have more music we could own and sell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds really good. So, I don't know. Hopefully. It's going to have to happen because at some point people are just going to be like, well, we're not going to book you. I think. I, I don't know. People, As long as there's a demand, you know, yeah. people, people will be there. So. If we didn't play so much, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if we didn't play so much, I think I'm bitter because we play so much. If, besides this tour, we play so much Candy Coated Fury, which is our most recent album. We play half that fucking album usually at our shows. Yeah. And then Aaron will still be like, yeah, nobody, you know, nobody wants to hear new music. It's like, we're playing it every night and everyone's <laughs> singing to it. And we're playing it because yeah. it's working and we're playing it because everyone's singing it.
Get down on it. Get down on it.